folks, the Friday edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Before we dive into today's show, I just want to remind you to follow us on social media. Follow the site, Lockdown Longhorns, L-O underscore Longhorns on Twitter. You can follow me at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow my co-host, Cammy at Cammy and G. You listen to the show on your favorite podcast apps or head over to longhornswire.usatoday.com to find all of our episodes. Without further ado, I bring in my co-host, make sure I got it right this time, Cammy Griffin. And Cammy, I just want to say, before we really dive into anything, I am not going to pull an ESPN to try to trade my co-host. Oh, well, that makes me feel a little better. I'm glad I upgraded quickly from a guest to a co-host again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade you. I, I'm, there's not a co-host out there that I could trade you for. It, just, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an even trade. They'd have to throw in some some other things, and it just it just wouldn't work. It's too messy. So we'll we'll keep it as is. Plus, you know, you're the best co-host out there. So got to go with it. No, I mean, for anybody that knows, you know, me and you, we we go way back. I mean, what, six, seven years now? Yeah, right around when we both started writing for the Cowboys, pretty much. Okay, so we're going to try something a little different today. I want to start off our first segment of the show with a little thing I call Fun Fact Friday. And it's Friday. Let's have some fun, right? Let's do it. All right, so I want to give people kind of a look inside our lives outside of what we do as, as writers, as, as media members, as, as podcast hosts. So, Cami, I'm going to ask you, what is something about you you like to do in your free time? And please, for the love of God, do not say you like to drink wine and eat Uncrustables in the bathtub. <laughs> that was actually a true story, just to kind of back up a little bit for our listeners. But what actually happened and why he's joking about that is I tweeted something along the lines of how I'm a 31-year-old sitting in the bathtub eating an Uncrustable one day. And I don't know what happened. It was just one of those days where I kind of had forgotten to eat lunch and I needed to get into an Epsom salt bath to soak. And I rarely ever take baths. And I just kind of looked down and realized what I was doing and I had to tweet about it. And now it's turned into a big joke. But in terms of things I actually like to do, a couple small things. I was a soccer player most of my life, so I enjoy playing one to two times a week right now. I also enjoy traveling. My dad was a Marine for a little over 20 years, so we moved all over growing up, and that kind of got me into wanting to see and experience different places and areas. And other than that, I just like to do DIY projects and hang out with my family. My parents are some of probably the most fun people to be around, and we always have a blast. So I'm a pretty simple girl when it comes down to it. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was, it was, it was too hard to pass up the idea of, of tossing out your uncrustables tweet. I, I couldn't, I couldn't miss that opportunity. Oh no worries, and don't worry, I'm sure I'll be able to dig up a few of yours soon. Oh, I got plenty of them. I got terrible takes all over Twitter, as most people will see. <laughs> what do you enjoy doing in your free time when you aren't scouting NFL draft prospects or writing um, about the Mavs or the Cowboys or the Longhorns or things like that? What do you do in your free time? You know, with all the different things that I do, what is free time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I host this podcast. I co-host a Cowboys related podcast. You know, I write for WFAA. So in my spare time when I'm not doing this, I'm spending time with my daughter, Bailey. Or, you know, I like to kick back and relax with a little Xbox or PS4 time. So I, I like to play NBA 2K, uh, Spider-Man on the PS4, play a little Destiny 2, little, you know, first-person shooter. You know, it's just 
you know, just kind of things that I can do to relax. I'm, I've never been a big TV guy. I don't like watching TV unless sports is on. That's the only reason I have it. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just a little bit about me that, but you know, I thought we'd start off on a good fun fact Friday, mostly because in our first segment, I'm not too excited about this Texas Baylor last night. Well, did they, what was your bet that they would lose by more than 20? Oh, no, I just said that they were going to get run out of the gym. Yeah. Well, and and you lose by you lose by 16 points, really a non competitive game uh, for them all, pretty much all game long. I mean, I mean, they were down 14 points in the first quarter. And, you know, I just kind of was like, well, there we go. And Cooper had another 20 points. Uh, As far as Texas went, it was a poor shooting night. Only one player shot over 50%, and that was, you know, Jada Underwood went three for four. You know, they had trouble on the boards. They weren't rotating. And against the number two team in the country, they lost one game all year. That just wasn't – they had to play mistake-free basketball, and – and honestly, it was mistake-filled basketball. They turned the ball over 19 times. And so, I mean, they had less turnovers than Baylor, but they just couldn't take advantage. And so that really is what happened on on the game last night. Unfortunately, they take the loss, and, and Baylor now extends their Big 12 winning streak to 58 games. Sheesh. They're always yeah. pretty impressive on in that sport, though. We little trivia though. Who was the last team that beat Baylor before that long win streak? Um, not sure. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess Texas. It was Texas. Texas was the last team that beat them several years ago, but they were the last team that beat them in a Big Twelve game, and that's at where they um that's the last time they lost the game in the in the Big Twelve and. Now you see 58 in a row, national championship last year, looking like they're going to be competing again. And Lauren Cox is just, she's a phenomenal player. And, but, you know, unfortunately for the winning or for the Longhorn side, you know, we want the good team to win, but they didn't, but we're going to go ahead and start talking a little bit of football because, you know, spring football is coming up. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Athletics' top 25 coaches that was released on Thursday. And so the, in this article, they talked about the top 25 coaches in college football, and there were two Big 12 coaches on that list. At number four, not a shock, Lincoln Riley. One of the hottest names in college football right now. Uh, and then you look at down the list, all the way down to number 25, uh, Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Um, are you surprised at all that Tom Herman wasn't in the top 25? Well, I'm actually surprised that Herman isn't on here, and not because of the fact that I necessarily believe that he is a top coach right now. But after reading some of the names on this list, I thought Herman is right up with several of those guys. So I guess to each their own, but in terms of what Tom Herman needs to do, I guess either to join this list and or be ranked high on this list, he needs to, of course, consistently compete for the Big 12 championship, and he needs to make a couple runs in the college football playoffs. His recruiting is obviously doing very well. 
And he's even respected highly in terms of players and coaches and has great core values for the program. But some type of success needs to translate onto the field. And I think that's the only reason he's not included yet. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that wholeheartedly. I just I was a little bit surprised and taken back when I saw it. I, I was looking at the list thinking when I saw Matt Campbell up there, you know, that one shocked me. Now, I understand the thought process behind it. You know, obviously at Iowa State, he's, you know, he's not going to get top-notch recruits. And he's able to compete, so I get that. But if you look at some of the other names on there, it's it's teams and coaches that are constantly competing for, you know, their their conference championship or competing for to be one of the top four teams in the playoff. And so that's why I was, I was shocked a little bit to see him see Campbell on there at all uh but then you see other you know the thing that it was kind of weird because if you want to look at it as you know getting you know how are you developments and you know competing Mike Leach is on the list and outside of that one year at Texas Tech in 2008 he really hasn't had many 10 win seasons double digit whereas Tom Herman did it at Houston where it's hard to recruit, harder to recruit, I should say. And then he comes to Texas and he's able to recruit very well here. So that that kind of that shocked me a little bit with this list that the athletic put out. Yeah, same here. And honestly, I was just reading number 25, obviously the last spot on the list, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. And they said it was a, a close call between him and Oklahoma State's Mike Gundy. So and even Kansas State's close Kansas State's coach he mentioned. So I'm curious whether they maybe perhaps just forgot about Tom Herman or has he not been with the program long enough or uh, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get more into Tom Herman next week. I, I really want to, you know, get into some of the uh, thought on, you know, could, is this his last year, you know, kind of the expectation level. We'll get into that, but I know you had an update on the Longhorns wire yesterday on quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Yes. And it may not be significant for the time being, but it's definitely something worth talking about and something to keep an eye on as we move forward. But horns 24 uh, seven recently reported yesterday that Texas quarterback, Sam Ellinger, um, actually re-aggravated a rib cartilage injury during winter workouts, but it's actually the same rib injury he was battling and um, dealing with throughout the 2019 season. I know it was actually reported last September, but um, he had been dealing with it for numerous weeks, and it was enough last season for Tom Herman to actually decrease his reps in practice prior to the West Virginia game to try and let that heal a bit. But um, it obviously sounds like a really painful injury and something that's kind of limit limiting his conditioning and weight training this offseason at the moment. But I think if he has any type of chance to play through this, he will. I, I just think there's no reason to rush him back right now. Um, it's obviously um, not even spring season yet, so... I think he'll be fine, but it's definitely something to watch because you don't want him to get hit the wrong way or keep re-aggravating it and things like that throughout the season to where he can't play to his full potential. Absolutely. You know, I think if, you know, and I don't know, like, is it the left side? Is it the right? Because if it's the right side, I could understand why they'd want to limit him as far as what he's doing in practice or any off, you know, throwing off to the side because I, I feel like it would put even more strain if it's that right rib cartilage. 
because, you know, that's going to affect his throwing motion. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal right now. You know, kind of settle him down, you know, modify it a little bit, let him rest, because obviously with spring ball, they're going to be more focused on what Casey Thompson can do, Hudson Card, you know, Jaquinta Jackson, if he uh, – once he comes uh, comes to Austin, you know, so – I don't think they need to worry about that right now. They have plenty of options at quarterback that they can work in. I know it's important for him to get his reps, but I think you can do the mental reps, you know, with the new offense and Mike Yersich, but I think they'll have plenty of time and no reason. But coming up next, we're going to go to the NFL side for a moment and talk about somebody who stood out at the combine. Okay, Cammy. I kind of teased it before we went to break. What do you have for a Texas Longhorn who stood it at the combine? Yeah, so surprisingly, it wasn't one of the top three that we have been discussing often. It was actually defensive lineman Malcolm Roach, who actually isn't receiving much draft hype yet. And surprisingly, he was invited to the NFL combine after not even starting a single game in 2019 but um, he tested fairly average in terms of all-around testing at the combine but he posted a top 15 time in a 40-yard dash and by the way they're labeling him as a defensive end at the combine and a defensive end prospect but it was his 10-yard split that stood out and it impressed uh, the Texas director of recruiting Brian Carrington so much that he actually tweeted shortly after that uh, regarding his 1.68 split um, and he compared those two players like J.J. Watt, um, Gerald McCoy, Nadama Kinsu, Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams, things like that. And um, Roach actually had a faster split. And so that was obviously pretty impressive enough. To, and it obviously named him as the NFL's 2020 All-Combine defensive team. There's only 13 players on that list. And there was actually only six defensive linemen on that list as well. So he's getting recognized. And I know even when he played in that uh, bowl game, uh, leading up, he wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl or anything like that, but leading up to uh, the Combine and workouts and things like that, he was actually voted to the all-practice team, and he was actually captain, wasn't he? Yes, and, you know, he was the NFLPA Bowl that he was a part yeah, of in the yeah, offseason. Um, yeah, you know, and I think this kind of goes with what, Malcolm Roach was saying when he spoke with Clarence Hill of Fort Worth Star Telegram, when he blasted the defense and what they were doing for not taking advantage of him. And then you go and see him do this at the combine and it makes you go, wow, Texas, y'all just wasted four years of Malcolm Roach. Yeah, I, I agree. And he actually had some very um, knowledgeable comments regarding the scheme and how it wasn't unleashing their full potential and how he feels like a team in the NFL will actually allow him to play to that potential. So I think he's a high character guy. He's prepared to showcase his ability at, abilities at the next level. And I know he's not um, really considered right now to e maybe even be a draft pick at all. He's considered a late round and or undrafted free agent. But I think he does have a place in the National Football League. I'm curious to see how he does. Yeah, I think that once we see some of the his pro day workout and then obviously any team visits, that'll kind of give us a little better understanding where he is. I think if you look at where he's projected, it's he's going to be a later round guy, day three, um, mostly because 
the tape that they have out on him, you know, isn't really good. So they kind of just have to go off his traits. What did he show? And that's why the NFL PA bowl was so important because he's working with, you know, NFL staffers and former staffers, you know, to kind of get an idea of, you know, team meetings, let them know what, what they're getting out of him. So that is going to play out in the next few weeks. But let's talk about some things that are going on on the 40 acres this weekend. What do you have, Cammy? Oh, yeah. We have a fairly highly touted wide receiver duo um, coming to visit this weekend. So it looks like, like I mentioned, Texas plans to host um, two wide receivers this weekend out of Florida, one being Mario Williams. He's a four-star prospect with over 30 offers so far, and one being a GA, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Hall, a GA Hall. He's another four-star prospect that has over 40 offers. Uh, They're both top 100 players nationally and even both top 10 at their position at the moment. Uh, This would be obviously a huge gift for Coach Tom Herman. Um, What do you think about this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, When you look at a GA Hall, you know, his commitment um, is coming on March 14th. So this is a big opportunity for Coach Herman. And Mike Yurcich kind of pitched to them. Right now, if you look at crystal ball predictions, 50% undecided on where Hall's going to go. 33% say Clemson. 17% says Oklahoma. You know, so it's kind of up in the air right now. The teams that are after him, you know, the highest is Alabama, Georgia, LSU, which is, you know, interesting and funny at the same time because, you know, if you look at the top three teams on his 24-7 uh, profile, it's those three teams, but yet Oklahoma finds themselves in the crystal ball prediction. So I kind of looked at that like, well, we'll, we'll see. And yeah. And so go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm actually impressed with his size. I was looking at that because Mario Williams, I believe, is 5'10", 5'11", in range, and um, Hall is actually 6'3", range. So. I'm curious to see. We need a couple big-bodied wide receivers on the outside, so that would be a huge get. Oh, yeah, they do need the big body. You know, he's a guy, I think, you know, he was part of the opening regional, which is kind of – it's kind of like the NFL combine for college prospects. And he ran a 4-5-40, 4-2-9 shuffle. He's got a 37-inch vertical. And, you know, he's got size. He has length. He can fill out his frame a little bit more. You know, so and he goes and he attends at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, which is like a football and basketball uh, factory. I mean, they just produce so many top tier talents out of there. And yeah, you talk about Williams, who's 100 percent. It's showing crystal ball to Oklahoma. So can Texas flip him and and bring him to the 40 acres? Um, you know, it's going to be a big opportunity. So I'm hoping that this weekend is good time for Texas to kind of swing swing it back their way. Yeah, hopefully. That would be nice if we could snatch both of them. I'm not going to get greedy. I, I'll take one of them at this point. Because right now, <laughs> I if want you look, both. I want both. Well, obviously you want both because if you really look at the recruiting class for the 2021, while it is early on, they don't have a receiver commit. If you look at the actual receivers, um, you could bring up the fact that Billy Bowman plays kind of a slot receiver, but he's listed as an athlete. Uh, so it would be good for Tom Herman to kind of get one of those wide receivers. I think that would help kind of launch because they see, oh, are they getting this guy? So maybe I want to go join him. 
you know, so I think it, it'll help it out a lot. Um, but we'll we'll talk more football next week. Um, but I want to get into a little bit of basketball talk before our next break. Texas, Oklahoma State, they're going to be playing on Saturday. And Coach Shaka Smart has come out and said to come on out. So you better get on out there. I think it's important for them, honestly, to stay hot here and not overlook Oklahoma State. You want that type of mojo and energy that they have right now to carry on into the Big 12 tournament and hopefully the NCAA tournament. So I'm hoping fans show up and it's an electric atmosphere for them. Yeah, they, the Longhorns don't need to overlook them. I mean, I, uh, you know, I saw, I saw Oklahoma State, who many people thought, you know, wasn't a, you know, very good team, and uh, you know, they, they beat Oklahoma, who Oklahoma at one point was one of the top 20, 25 teams in the nation. Um, I believe they beat Texas Tech at home. You know, so they're not a team that you can overlook. They're they're a team you have to go out there and, you know, they they've won three of their last four games uh, with their only loss coming against number one KU. So, you know, they're they're not an easy out. So I think the team needs to be prepared. You know, hopefully they're uh, able to shoot the ball well because obviously Texas does well when they shoot the three. So Matt Coleman, uh, he needs to be prepared and get ready. Um, You know, it's senior day, so let's hopefully send the seniors out on a good note. Fans show up, be loud, get Frank Irwin Center rocking, and, you know, get ready for this Big 12 tournament. Uh, All right, so coming up next, Cammie, let's talk about some other things that are going on this weekend out on the 40 Acres. All right, Cammie, so let's talk a little softball this weekend in Austin. What's going on on the 40? Yeah, Texas softball is finally back at home after a fairly long string of games on the West Coast. They obviously just recently received the number one ranking from Softball America. So I'm excited to see how they handle and respond to all of that. They'll be hosting the Longhorn Invitational this weekend, which includes teams like Texas Southern, Liberty, and New Mexico. Texas actually starts it off uh, by yeah, taking on Liberty first on Friday night and then plays Texas Southern on Saturday morning and then ending the tournament with New Mexico on Sunday morning. And at this point, I'd be quite surprised if Texas doesn't defeat all three of these unranked teams. So what you're saying is the other teams don't have a shot. Uh, Well, I mean, you never know. But we've lost to a couple of unranked teams like Duke and Fresno State and things like that. But I just think they're on a roll right now and they kind of want to prove that um, they're worthy of that number one ranking, so I think they're going to come out strong. Breaking news, Cami said, don't let the other team show up. Just don't even show up. You're not going to win. True, true. <laughs> okay, we also, not only that, we have some baseball. We do. Texas baseball is back in action, too, also for a home series. So that makes softball, baseball, and basketball home. Wow. So, yeah, they're back at home with a series against Cal State Fullerton this weekend. They also play Friday night in both Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Um, They actually need to rebound after a somewhat rough loss against Arizona this past Tuesday. They did have a strong start to the season, but they're fairly young, and the main issue with them has been consistency. So hopefully they can get back on track and sweep this series. 
Yeah, these are two schools that are in the top 10 in winning percentage um, in you know college baseball history. This this is a rematch of the 2004 College World Series Finals between Texas and Cal State Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton isn't exactly what they've been in the past. They're coming into this weekend matchup. They're 4-9. Friday, Bryce Elder on the mound. You got the ace going. He's 2-1 with a 2-3-3 ERA. He'll be going up against Tanner Bibby on Friday night, who's 1-2 with a 1.93 ERA, which just goes to show you that their offense isn't what it used to be because if you've got a pitcher giving up less than two runs in an ERA, that means that he's not getting any run support. Uh, Saturday, Ty Madden, 3-0, and 171 ERA. He's going up against Tanner Luckham, who's 2-0 and with a 1.80 ERA, and just a reminder, that game has been moved from 2 p.m. Saturday to noon. So make sure you pay attention to that if you're going to be heading out to the dish this weekend to watch the uh, baseball team. And then on Sunday, uh, 1.30 start time, uh, Coy Cobb, who will be looking for his first win of the year. He actually has no decisions this year. He's 0-0 zero and zero with a 2.51 ERA going up against Joe Magrisi, who's 0-2 with a 3.63 ERA. Uh, we'll be looking to see if Zach Zubia can send some of them moonshots out of the out of the ballpark uh, that like he hit against Arkansas last weekend. It'd be nice to see a little long ball action going on there at the dish. And then obviously also this weekend on Sunday, women's basketball taking on Oklahoma State on Sunday for their senior day which will wrap up the basketball season as they head into the Big 12 tournament. Now, something that I want to talk about real quick before we get out of here, Kimmy, I'm really excited about Monday's show. Oh, yeah. We have a nice guest coming in. Am I allowed to spoil it, or are you going to go ahead and spoil that? Uh, Yo, I'm just going to say we're bringing on a guy who's got the best hair in the business. You can oh, go and, ahead and tell him who it is. And I can definitely add that he's probably the funniest Twitter account I've ever followed. Oh, absolutely. And he's actually a host on the Locked On Network, Locked On NFL Draft, Trevor Sykema of the Draft Network. Looking forward to that. We're going to we're bringing him in for Mock Draft Monday as we're going to talk a little bit about the trio of guys that are going to be hopefully drafted early on. Between Brandon Jones and then the duo of DuVernay and Colin Johnson. You know, so that's going to be a, a good show. Cammy, do you have any other plans this weekend? Or are you just going to take in a lot of Longhorn athletics? I am. I wasn't actually expecting until we were talking that um, all these teams are playing at home. But so far, I plan on going to the baseball game on Saturday. So I'm ready to get out there and see them in person for the first time this season. But I still haven't been able to make it to the softball game yet. Okay, well, remember, Saturday noon, they changed the start time. So, Thank you for the reminder. I, I just didn't want you to show up at 2 o'clock and the game's almost over, and you're like, why? Well, you know what I would do if that happened? I'd just walk on over to the basketball game or something later that day. Hey, there you go. You head on over to the Frank Irwin Center, 3 o'clock, tip-off, senior night. Or senior Is that day. actually why they changed the baseball game? Because if so, that was a great move. It probably – I don't – think i didn't see the release so let me see if i do have the release. i saw some people discussing on twitter i know there's actually an argument there's a left field twitter for the baseball team of course and then um people were trying to urge fans to come to the basketball game and i know they were kind of torn between the two so i'm curious if that's kind of what made them uh switch the baseball time 
I am I, I pulled up the press release from the Texas Athletics and they didn't say why they moved it. They just said that they moved it up to noon. Interesting. I like that though. So yeah, so it, yeah, it did change out a little bit. Uh, but like I said, tune in next week. More football. We're gonna kick it off with Trevor. We're gonna try to get more guests in this next week. We wanted to finish out our first week on the Lockdown Longhorns podcast, and then we're gonna kind of get into guests and and talk a lot more football, basketball, especially with the Big Twelve tournament coming up. We're gonna get into that next week. But for Cami, I'm Patrick, and we will see you Monday. Hook 'em. Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.